tremendous looking trophy. Hello, welcome to the Platinum Explosion. I'm on PlayStation Podcast in the Oceanias. My name's Dylan Blight, and join me, as always, Ashley Holden. Hey, Dylan. Yeah, even that. <laughs> excited to be here. So excited. <laughs> so excited. Back talking PlayStation after all this E3 nonsense. Yeah. E3 nonsense, but E3 nonsense you mean because PlayStation wasn't there, so it's nonsense. Yeah. You, you do realize some of those games at E3 were come to PlayStation, right? Some of them, but... <laughs> <Doesn't> <laughs> oh, fair uh, in the trophy cabinet this week, a bronze trophy for Cyberpunk's back. Gold trophy for PSVR 2 update, and then we hit a platinum for Hideo Kojima, Blue Box Games, Jeff Keighley, and gamers just generally going at it. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, firstly, to go over, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that. So that demo, in case people forgot, because it feels like an eternity ago at this point, personally, or it was just E3 week was... It's a week. A very long... It was very week. long. I felt like it was never-ending. Um, Stranger Paradise, Fall Fantasy Origin, was a thing that was announced at the Square Enix conference, or whatever they called it. I think it was Square Enix Presents. Um, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so that was announced there. Chaos, that's the the meme, of course. That's chaos. the word that everybody remembers. Yeah, chaos, chaos everywhere. Um, so the demo that was originally supposed to drop after the show, they it took like nearly two days for it to be available to play. Anyway, it was finally up. I played it. Um, I wrote preview explosionover.com. Here's my, here's my rundown of this. I really do not think that this demo, and I may be wrong, but I really just don't feel like this demo represents anywhere near what the, the full game will look like. Like this, this demo feels like a proof of concept rather than a, a demo to me. Does that make sense? Like it, cause it really does feel like, so it, the, the team making this in, in collaboration with Square Enix, Team Ninja, same people that made Neo. It really does feel mm. like they've just taken a bare bones structure of Neo and like done a sort of rush job to get some Final Fantasy elements in and monsters and whatever. Got some some elements of what will be the final version of this game. But it doesn't really feel like something... It feels weird for the, the mass public to play this. It really does feel like something that they put out and said, well, let's see if people like this and then we'll sort of go <laughs> we'll go from there it's it's weird because there's some cool stuff in here but it's also filled with a lot of game systems like too many systems for a demo that takes like an hour to get to the the boss of it chaos with a question mark actually when you, when you get to that boss fight in a trailer do you say it's chaos but with a question mark <laughs> um yeah, there's like so many systems, there's so many tutorials. It is one of the ugliest things I think I've played since the PS2 era. I don't know it's a demo, but still, my god, is it fucking? Far Fantasy is a franchise known for you know its visual, prettiness. It's yeah, it's visually appealing, and it, fuck, this thing's ugly. <laughs> it's like, but to <laughs> to to boil it down, I guess it it is. It's not Souls like. It's definitely more in line with. A Neo or a, a Sekiro, and of course they're sort of like subgenres of the Souls like, but that you, you're not collecting like a big thing that Bob and Demon Souls, Dark Souls all have in common. Of course, is that 
what you collect souls of some sort, and if you die, um, you have to then go back and try and retrieve those souls, or they, if you die again, they sort of disappear and all this sort of stuff. That's not in here. It does have other stuff that's common of a Soulsborne. There are, um, so it's got it's got gameplay that's reminiscent of a Soulsborne, of course, where you're, um, you'll die pretty fast if you're just trying to wail on enemies. This isn't like a hack and slash. Obviously, it's it's got more um, block parry system. It does have difficulties though. Throw that out, out out straight away. Unlike all these from software games, when you boot it up, you do have easy, normal, hard. So there, there's some things. I can't easy does something that I can't remember. I think it's like it auto. I think it lets you block the unblockable attacks or something as well as like taking less damage or something. So it's like it slightly tweaks the gameplay as well as making you take slightly less damage or something. Um, but yeah, you, you you have a range of weapons you unlock through the demo. You start with like a big broadsword. You can get like a lance and this sort of stuff there. You have a basic attack. You have a heavy attack you have a block button you have like a parry button but then it gets really convoluted when it gets into stuff like so if you there's the fireball enemies from the final fantasy franchise in here like the ones that just sort of blow up and eventually explode they're in nearly every final fantasy game um you come across those and they'll cast fireball at you and if you press the the parry button which is like this sort of magical shield you can parry the fireball and that lets you keep one cast of fireball that you could then return yourself for free um but what they also is don't really explain too well is that if you keep powering stuff it like depletes a stamina meter and then if you run out of stamina meter you take more damage and then it's like how do you get that back up well it's by parrying but not parrying but using the block button it's i i just thought it was a lot and very fast and the tutorials aren't very good and it is demo i know but um, my biggest complaint, the, the reason I kind of spat it with it, and I didn't end up beating the boss, um, kept getting it down to like the last quarter of its health, and then I, I was just like, fuck this, because I've already put like 90 minutes into it at this stage, and I spent like 40, you know, like, well, actually, yeah. no, it would have been longer. It would have been like nearly two hours, and I felt like I'd put like 40 minutes into trying to beat this boss. I'm like, it's a fucking demo. I just need to like move on. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not spending hours trying to beat this goddamn demo boss. But there's no platinum. Yeah, there's like, no trophies. There's no trophies. This this has to end at some point. Um, but the reason I kind of kept getting annoyed is you have two, yeah, two AI teammates that roam around with you that are fucking useless. Like. <laughs> they, I don't know what their purpose is. And this is the number one thing if I was like, what's, if the developers were to ask, you know, what's the number one thing you feel like has to change in this <laughs> before full release? It wouldn't even be like, make it pretty or like fix the tutorials. It would be make the, the co op, the, the ca companions you have, like have a purpose. Because I don't know what they do. They don't seem to be doing any damage. And if anything, they actually make it harder to play the game. And this was most evident during the boss fight rather than the other enemy encounters because, like, there would be, like, two, three enemies and, of course, it's, like, a bigger area and, like, spread, people were getting spread out and it wasn't it wasn't such a big deal. But when you're fighting chaos at the end of the the demo, you have them charge at him as he's charging up to do a special attack. So they'll get knocked straight down right away and, like, die or whatever and have to wait to revive. I'm like... Why Why would you go? Like, why would you charge into that? And then if they're not doing that, they're, like, sort of wailing on him in a corner or something, and then you won't be able to tell when he's initiating attack towards you because they're blocking your field of view, so you don't view. see 
his attack coming. Yeah, it's it's really annoying because of course, and maybe I think it stood out more too because obviously in all other Souls like games, Sekiro or Neo, whatever, all these other ones, you're by yourself. And if you have a co-op, if you initiate co-op mode in any of these games and you have someone else, in all the Souls games, they appear as a Souls form. So they're, they're um, see-through, you know, translucent. You know, I've never run into this problem where I can't judge a character's attack to either block it or dodge out of the way or parry it or whatever until this. And I was having these two fuckboys just constantly get in my way and be annoying. Oh, my God. It was the most annoying. Like, the amount of times that I would just be get hit out of nowhere because I didn't see that, that they were, like, blocking my field of view. It was, like, really beginning <laughs> To annoy me. I was like, fuck this shit, man. So, yeah, I, I don't. Like, I like the idea of this game. And I know we, we of course, discussed it on here when it was a rumor and, like, a, a, a thing. Like, oh, with the yeah. idea of, like, a Souls-like Final Fantasy. I'm down. And there's, like, there's at times playing this where I'm like, yeah, I can see how this could come together. Could come together. Because I really don't feel like this is anything more than just a bunch of things thrown together going, like, well, what works? What doesn't work? Um, yeah, because mm. it's like you have the job system, which key Final Fantasy component where you can sort of switch out between two jobs on the fly, one button, and that means you're able to have like the like a warrior class. You know, you're you're leveling that up, unlocking more sword skills, and then you can have the mage class equipped in the other slot, and you can switch to that to cast uh, spells um, if mm. you want to, like fire, waterer, whatever you want, and all that sort of stuff. And you have to level them up separately. Um, it does seem like a game where you could reach a boss, like the boss Oz, the then demo boss. You could probably turn around and go find somewhere. I don't think there was anywhere to farm, though. I don't think the enemies... Re- oh, no, they do respawn. Sorry, I'm wrong. Every time you rest at a save point, the enemies do respawn. Proper Souls-like. But, yeah, so you could go, like, farm up the the mage class thing more and unlock high-level abilities for that and be like, well, this is how maybe this boss will be easy to fight this way and, and stuff like that. But I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Uh... Yeah, well, we, sh- <laughs> we we shall see. I don't know what next time we'll see or hear about this because it's uh, hopefully quite- not anytime <laughs> soon from the sound of it. <laughs> no. uh, I do want to follow it up quickly. So VG twenty four seven wrote: "Stage of Paradise uses Final Fantasy one as a motive rather than being directly connected to the game." Uh, speaking in an interview with Weekly Famitsu, Stage of Paradise Fancy Origins, Final Fantasy Origins. Creative producer Tetsuya Nomura, producer Jin Hujawa. Fujiwara and director Daisuke Inoue spoke about the game and how it's using original Final Fantasy as a motive. According to Nomura, the game is based on Final Fantasy 1, where at the end of which you learn who the Warriors of Light really are and where they come from. In Stranger of Paradise, Jack and his friends are under the impression that they may be Warriors of Light, yet they have doubts sometimes as to whether or not they are, as the prophecy has foretold. Namora also states the trio are strangers, which is central to the plot, and a trio has gathered in paradise, which according to Noe means exactly what it says. <laughs> uh, quote, strangers paradise means exactly what it says, but these strangers are in the land of paradise. At the same time, it could mean people who shouldn't be in paradise. I think this is a title that represents the story of the game perfectly. I love Square Enix. I love, you know, the bullshit that they... <laughs> Uh, in the game, Jack and his allies are on a mission to defeat chaos, and some, fo- some folks may recall there were four Warriors of Light in the original Final Fantasy. According to Nomura, there will be more characters than just Jack, Jed, and Ash. 
Oh, you're, you're, I didn't realize you're, you're one of the characters Ooh. in the game. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes cool. to for fighting, battles will be limited to three party members. As far as more information on the characters and sto- uh, stories concerned, developers are keeping most of the story and gameplay elements close to their chests. Quote, in the full game, there'll be even more characters. The game will be a lot broader, and I think the story is quite compelling. I think it'll be a bit confusing to see these characters come out of nowhere, completely unlike anything you were expecting. But I hope you'll keep an eye on upcoming information. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. They're like, it's a, it's a motive rather than a thing, but also they're being very coy about if it is a continuation, it's a prequel, sequel. I don't fucking. I don't, I don't really. I, I gave my theory, of course, on Arcade Hatch when I talked about it, which is that I just thought it was a sequel to the first game, but I don't know. And based on the, what yeah. happens at the end of the demo, I, I, I don't really know at this stage. We can play it now, so. right, let's get into the news, and let's start with talking about Blue Box Games. If you don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to be quite surprised at this stage since this way this is just everywhere at this point but all right so to to sum it up let's read a little bit from this bloomberg article written by jason schreier tens of thousands of people are coordinating online in search of clues surrounding what what's either a series of curious coincidences or a conspiracy led by one of the world's most celebrated video game directors it starts with a playstation 5 game called abandoned in April, Sony Group Corp unveiled the project from a small Dutch company, Blue Box Game Studios, with scant details. From there, an elaborate theory emerged that the game does not exist. It's actually a secret new project from beloved and eccentric Japanese game maker Hideo Kojima, creator of the file f- uh, <laughs> fucking hell, Metal Gear series. Followers set up a community on Reddit to examine the mystery. It now has more than 5,000 members. The hype was fed in part by Kojima's mythic record of stunts and game gamesmanship. In the past, a video game legend has generated fake companies and hired actors. To some, the various comments and actions of Hassan Karaman, the head of Blue Box, have contained strange discrepancies and seem to fit with Kojima's patterns. In an hour-long interview of Bloomberg, Karaman attempted to demystify several of these assertions underlying the conspiracy. His game has no connection connection to Kojima. His studio consists of a network of friends, and he is a trained game developer, not an actor, he said. (laughs) Uh, So, to sum up what's happened, and then we'll get to, like... So, suspicions about Blue Box started almost immediately after it announced Abandoned in April... But then they went to overdrive last week following a since-deleted Twitter post from the company. The tweet said, Abandoned was code name, and the final title would start with an S and end with an L. This stoked speculation that the game would morph into Kojima's long-awaited new Silent Hill game, propelling a two-month-old Abandoned trailer to more than a million views on YouTube. Over the past, past few days, Reddit slips have only hardened their convictions. The original Sony blog post for Abandoned was full of red flags. It promised realistic graphics at 4K resolutions and frame rates of 60 frames per second, benchmarks that would be difficult to hit for most established game studios, let alone a tiny one like Blue Box. Sony didn't respond for a quest for comment. As the days went on, fans discovered more oddities. Blue Box claimed to have a team of more than 50 people working for them on the game, yet LinkedIn showed no employees other than Karaman. Blue Box also said the game would be revealed through a PlayStation 5 application designed as an interactive trailer, which has never been done before. 
The situation grew stranger when Jeff Keighley, a video game personality who interviewed Kojima's fake CEO in 2013 and has helped reveal many of the director's games, hinted on Twitter that he would be involved in unveiling of Abandoned. Keighley, a longtime friend of Kojima, did not respond to a request for comment. Um, so, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of an interview here, but before we get to that, I just want to get your general, uh, your general vibes, uh, of what's been happening, because it basically does boil down to, um, bits and pieces there. People are translating his name, apparently it translates through Google Translate to Hideo Kojima, could be a coincidence, could not be a coincidence, like everything is a, <laughs> is, the game ends as an it starts with an S, ends with an L. Could be a coincidence, could not be a coincidence. You know, like, there's lots of... There's lots yeah, of... Yeah, pe- I'm, pe- I'm re- reading through this Reddit thread. There's a few stretches. There are definitely stretches, uh, and then there's just odd little uh, coincidences, if you want to call it's it. It's like uh, Blue Box Games Studios logo is basically PlayStation Studios logo colors inverted. The Blue Box logo is a black box that says Blue Box inside. PlayStation, obviously, is a black PlayStation logo with a white background mm-hmm. people uh looked up the font and apparently it's the same font that sony uses this is the other piece of that evidence Ooh. yeah and then uh, i was gonna say the other thing is their twitter page has just been off the off the chain they'll both keep tweeting that stuff like we want to answer the room like four hours ago we wanted to answer rumors one last time we're a small indie studio of actual real people working on a passionate game we want to do a live stream of q a in where you can ask all your questions clarify every every confusion and rumors we just want to set expectations and then they'll have i can't find a good example here but they'll they'll say stuff like this and then people will be like can you just say yes or no is this sun hills and they'll respond cryptically like you better ask konami it's like just say no. <laughs> just, just say no. <laughs> Please. It's interesting because obviously we talked about this. I feel like a few months ago. We did talk about it. We, first- I watched the trailer and I was like, I don't know why this is on the PlayStation blog. It looks meh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure meh. that was the the summer. The thing. And after that, the we had the developer give an interview. He was pretty much saying that they were upset that they were getting, being claimed. That, that it was a obviously a Hideo Kojima project. Uh, and I feel like maybe they've just leaned into it, you know? Leaned in as hard as possible to make it feel like there's some sort of connection. Yeah. So, so what's, where do you lay on that? So I put out a poll on the at Watch Our Show's Twitter account, which you should follow in case you want to make people of all the podcasts as well as the Explosion Network account. But I said, it's Kojima, it's an indie studio, it's all bullshit. And so far, it's 47% it's Kojima, 21% it's an indie studio, and 32% it's all bullshit. So of those three answers, where do you where do you feel? I think it's an indie studio. I think, obviously, they claim to have some sort of connection with PlayStation. They could have gotten Kojima involved since the game started, getting the buzz around it that it has got it. It's like, hey, would you like to come on and be a creative consultant or something? It's like, yeah, let's have let's let's send the internet into crazies for a little while. I don't know. <laughs> what you, you know that what's that what's that thing the meme you know like um I don't understand but it compels me. What's the uh you know Daniel Craig knives out? What's the line like? 
I don't understand it, but it compels me. You know the... No, I can't remember. You know the meme, though? Need like to rewatch Out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's kind of how I, I feel this. I don't think that this is someone pretending to be Kojima. I do think that there's something going on here. Is that Does that feel like a, too Tim Foley hatty? Like to say that I don't think it's Kojima, but there's just something... There's something yeah, here. this could be something going on. It's like, are they playing it up as much as possible to get as much buzz around the game as possible? Or is there more to it and they've got some sort of involvement with either Konami or with the game of Kojima? They've definitely got a deal with PlayStation. If they don't, they've just, this person's like killed their company because they're basically like, it doesn't doesn't even feel like me being mean to them. Like, I don't feel like, because what's going to happen, this has been a big point of discussion, is that when this isn't Silent Hill, they're going to get a lot of hate. Hate. They're already getting people. If you look in the rep- replies to their tweets, like there's already people like, if you've played us along this far and this isn't Silent Hills, you, I'm gonna fucking like hate you so much. And like people are being re- already starting to get really aggressive. So when it's in, when it does come out on, I think it's now so it's American Friday. I think so Saturday for us. I think the interactive mm. demo thing, <laughs> whatever that is, is supposed to actually come out. So when that comes out and it's not Silent Hill, they're gonna cop a lot of slack. And I I think. No one really deserves that, but at the same time, I feel like if you're playing up a relationship with, a, uh, like, to play up a relationship with Sony, or like, I can't talk about stuff because I've got a deal with Sony, and then if you don't have a deal with Sony, it's like maybe you should be lying about having like deals with big companies because that feels like yeah. that's just bad that's PR, bad. Yeah. like you know, like bad. I think they definitely have a deal. Yeah. Well, so let's read a little Some bit, sort, more, little bit more of this uh, article here because it, it does. Yeah. So. Shrey writes, Bluebox tried to raise just under $12,000 from a Kickstarter campaign in 2015 to make a horror game called Rewind. The crowdfunding project ended with $207 in pledges. Uh, they cancelled the Kickstarter, writing Rewind would be fully funded by a private investor, but the game never came out. A different game connected to Bluebox was buggy and poorly received when it debuted last year. Speaking of a Dutch accent, Karaman said a bet. So Shrey was apparently on the phone, like talking voice, voice to voice. Right now, the Reddit friends mm. will tell you that he's an actor, so of course he can <laughs> he can take the <laughs> he can do the phone calls, you know. So, uh, said he's been abandoned has been in development since 2017, although the concept has concept has changed a lot of times. He said the Blue Box team consists of ten people, and that he had outsourced work to several other studios, which accounted for fifty the fifty figure he mentioned earlier. He said he attracted the attention of Sony in 2015. Following the failed Kickstarter. So this is the part where I'm like, you attracted the attention of Sony for a failed horror Kickstarter that made a total of $207. Like, I'm not going to say it's impossible, but also... (laughs) It seems a bit unrealistic, but... Mm. Uh, Shai continues, but the conversation raised many more questions. Karaman would not make all the members of his team available for interviews and would only identify one who didn't respond to a request for comment. Karaman said that he had signed a contract with Sony but wouldn't offer specifics. He also said the game was funded by investors but wouldn't say who. (laughs) He said, quote, there is a reason for that, but I can't really talk about it. He then named two of the six or seven outsourcing companies that he said Bluebox is working with. Nuari Studio and Decadong Studios. 
representatives from both companies declined to comment. <laughs> In a follow-up message, Harriman said he plans to hold a live stream video soon to answer questions and show the faces of his team, saying, quote, people need it. Fast. <laughs> all the attention, uh, Shrine continued, all the attention on Harriman's game could turn out to be a curse. The makers of Cyberpunk 2077 and No Man's Sky each made Atlantis statements about what their game would be capable of and failed to deliver at launch. The hype turned to vitriol uh, when the products were finally released. Caraman said that Banner would be properly revealed within the next month and he hoped it would put an end to the conspiracy theories, saying, quote, if people still continue to believe in this rumour, that's up to them. So, yeah. I- <laughs> well, when you say it with that tone, it sounds bad. <laughs> just read it just like it's the i remember when i read this this morning it was the list of he wouldn't get he wouldn't name them Sadie refused to comment jeff Keeley refused to comment the two other studios of seven he gave us refused to comment he wouldn't give us any other names bar one that person that worked at the studio they wouldn't yeah, because comment. a lot of these places sign ndas about the work they're doing it's so good yeah look this is why i'm like okay so like if he does have a deal signing which, I, I, that's where I'm leading. I'm like, there has to be a deal Sony at this point, or else how the fuck does this game end up on the PS blog two months ago with such a random non nonsense trailer? As, yeah, it could as, be like the most basic of, we've got an, we're making exclusive, like, indie game for Sony. I just, I feel like there has to be a little bit more to this. I'm, I'm not saying it has Consoles to be like massive, supported. like it's secretly Hideo Kojima. It's first party. Yeah. I just feel like there has to be a little bit more to this than simply it's an indie game and Sony's like helping them make it or something like that. Because yeah, there's just so many weird things. Like, oh, Sony showed up like we filed Kickstarter at $207. That seems weird. But I feel like you have a Sony deal and that's why Sony won't comment. Um, not naming other people that work at the studio. That seems odd. The two other outsource studios, and they refuse to comment. That also seems odd. Um, Jeff Keighley refusing to comment. That's just going to fly in the Reddit flames. Uh, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's fun. My, my ultimate take on this is, fuck, it's fun. You know, like, just, just having the, the past <laughs> week and just being, like, watching this unfold. Um it's just it's just one of those fun little internet things. But ultimately, as a lot of people have pointed out, this is either going to end one of two ways, and it's most likely going to end in a way where it's not going to end good, where it isn't what people want, and this studio is going to get a lot of shit, you know? And then you know what happens if it's the, the way that people actually want? I don't think that's good too, because you've got a lot of people, um, somewhat prolific, yeah, content creators or game makers or whatever like going out and saying this is an indie studio you need to get stopped like they said they're not kojima you need to you know like i feel so bad for them and then imagine if it did turn out to be kojima after all that these motherfuckers would feel so dumb <laughs> you know for trying to it's just like what are you doing <laughs> yeah i don't know what are you what's your final thoughts on all this uh, I think the t- it's time for me to come clean, Dylan. Okay. Uh, I was actually <laughs> I was actually hired by Hideo Kojima <laughs> to infiltrate uh, uh, RTX Australia okay. back in 2015. Why was that? Why was here, like to promote uh, his upcoming projects, like infiltrate friend groups during that event. And, uh, you know, that's, that's why I'm such a big fan of Death Stranding, you know? 
uh, and we've talked about him so much on this podcast. Sure. Uh, it's all just been a massive coincidence that we got into the podcasting game. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it would have just been like over social media uh, getting into <laughs> Just, it, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry to reveal that this friendship is entirely based on a lie. Take that to Reddit. Just start the post with, hello, my name is Ashley Hobley. In 2017, I was hired by Hideo Kojima to infiltrate that what would now be known as the Explosion Network group. At the time, it was yeah. known as Pleasure Explosion. <laughs> <laughs> Stop for laughs. Cue music. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we shall see. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> just, I, in summary, this isn't this isn't Hideo Kojima. It's a real person. Uh, it's a real person, either way over their head, or it's a real person that has a real deal with Sony. But it's not Kojima. I just don't. That's does that feel like roughly like a, a sane way to? I think so. Yeah, just the fact that the studio obviously had projects before just goes. Yeah, it seems very unlikely unless Kojima secretly bought the studio. Or oh, he's the secret investor. Put that tinfoil hat back on, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll find out later this week when the interactive demo thing, which, again, to reiterate, very weird. That hasn't actually been done before either. Like, no game's got an interactive trailer app made for it. It's, it's very weird for any game, let alone a... Uh, indie indie game. To, indie you know, game. Yeah, so, so why, yeah, that implies that there's bigger... It implies there's something more here. That doesn't mean it has to be Kojima secretly. It implies that maybe there is... Fuck, it could be another franchise. It could be someone else big in the video game industry. You know what I mean? Like, it could be... It could be nothing. Uh, it could be literally just some dude way over his head. And I'm going to feel bad <laughs> when this all is over. Because, <laughs> by God, I don't know how you would get out of... It's uh, secretly a Miyamoto project. There you go. He's like, I needed some as a way to get under out of Nintendo's thumb. Yeah. I wanted to make I secretly wanted to make horror games my entire life. I've been stuck. It's this a, dumb plumber. <laughs> it's a plumber trapped in the woods and he can't. He can't escape. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. The princess is in another cabin. <laughs> Imagine. What what a someone should make that in dreams. Yeah. Uh so quick PSA, Cyberpunk uh CD Project Red announced that the PlayStation 4 version of Cyberpunk 2077 is available for purchase worldwide again on the PlayStation store. In a press release they said, in addition to the game being available on PlayStation 4, anyone who purchases the game can also play it on PlayStation 5 via backwards compatibility. Furthermore, a free PlayStation 5 upgrade for the game will be coming in the second half of 2021. We're in the second half. And will be available Almost. for all owners of the PlayStation 4 version of Cyberpunk 2077, including digital and disc upgrade, blah, 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 to a full advantage of the hardware, blah, 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 blah. On social media, they pretty much tweeted out like, hey, the game's up. Um, it's fucked on base PS4. We, you should play it on PS4 Pro and PS5, but it's fucked still on base PS4. But you can buy it, but it's fucked. Right, I'm pretty sure that's what the tweet said. Every single fuck was included in the original tweet. Um, yeah, so this, this is just funny, but it's out now if you want to spend money on it. Um, according to the rough, quick research I did to see how people f felt about playing it in the last couple of hours, still a bit of a mess, unsurprisingly. And, uh, yeah, so have fun with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you going back or? 
Uh, not immediately. No? Can I wait for the PS5 no. version? Yeah. Get that upgrade? Give them a little bit more time to fix everything up. Yeah, it's alright. It's been nearly a year, but that's fine. Just give them all the... Why not? Give them all time. Have some faith, Dylan. I mean, it was only an early access when it released. I don't know why I'm being so hard on them. So. Yeah, why is everybody being so harsh on it? Yeah. Should be quite awesome. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, VG247 writes, Sony supports and encourages crossplay. Sony has resolved to continue allowing crossplay and PlayStation platform in the months and years to come. In an interview of Axios, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, has said that Sony wants more cross-platform multiplayer in games going forward and praises the way cross-players work for the company. Quote, we support and encourage cross-play. <laughs> cool. Move on. The number will continue to grow, he also said, including with games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Broccoli, League, Minecraft, and more. Uh, as more games make the leap from closed-player ecosystems to more connected solutions... Uh, this sort of runs contrary to what we've heard from other companies in the past, where it always sounded like Sony has been a reluctant party when it comes to crossplay support. As recently as May 2021, we heard that Borderlands 3 crossplay was being blocked on PlayStation consoles. Gearbox President CEO Randy Pissford suggested it was Sony blocking crossplay for the game uh, on the grounds of certification. Around the same time, the Epic vs. Apple lawsuit suggested that Epic Games paid Sony for the privilege of bringing crossplay to Fortnite. Jim Ryan refused to clarify what was going on with that specific example, noting that they didn't want to comment on a live business issue with a long-standing partner, and that our po- his policies are cons- consistent across all of the publishers. Uh, basically, <laughs> this is a non-story, but I just think it's funny every time Jim, Jim Ryan does an um, interview and he's out there trying to retread or recorrect or go over stuff he said in the past because he he, he can come out you know we love we support and love crossplay and everyone goes oh so all those rumors and stuff we heard all those talks about him playstation being the the trying to block crossplay that can't be right because he just said we support and encourage crossplay no they can both be true at the same time he can say we support and encourage crossplay as long as you pay us for it <laughs> it's you know, like, yeah, yeah. So that's how I don't feel like there's any there's any lies here. I think PlayStation is quite happy to to add crossplay to games. They're happy with the current situation of crossplay on PlayStation. They just want to get paid to enable it. Yeah. So fair. Good on you, Jimmy. Just nobody cares about crossplay, so. Thought that's exa- when I posted this news story, and I was like, "This, this, this will be a line you say at some point." PlayStation Five owners concerned for the PS Five system software beta program now. Next major system update coming later this year, packed with features. Writes PlayStation Lifestyle. Want to help the PS 5s upcoming features? You can sign up to be part of the PS Five system software beta program right now. This is to help prepare for the next major system update that's coming later this year. And Sony wants people to help test these updates before they go live. Sony says the next major update is packed with features, but only says it's coming later this year. Unfortunately, there's no more specifics at, uh, at this time. Still, the beta sign-up program must mean that things are at least getting a stage where they can ship it to some users. And reports say the SSD expansion update is coming this summer. What else do you think uh, you'd want at this stage? You know, six months in. Is there anything? Uh, 
No, nothing From small immediate. to big? Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head. I feel like the major <laughs> thing I can think of that I know everyone still co- sort of complains about is they just need to have the next system update at a... Um, so you can hold down the PlayStation button to put on Steam. Oh, yeah, that would be nice. Yes, that would be nice. Being able to, uh, yeah, alter the button commands to the menu and that kind of stuff. I feel like that's about it, really. Can't really think of anything. And then, yeah, voice control. Let me say PlayStation, save clip, and it says clip. <laughs> Wasn't we supposed... Did I, make... Did I joke about that to the point where I believe that was a thing that was going to happen, or...? Because I, I don't know. Because I thought it was a thing that was gonna happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. So yeah, new update coming soon. I don't really know what I'd want. SSD update would, of course, that's. The, I feel like that's the that's big one. the big one. That's the big one. So yeah. And if it's not included in that, I just don't know what, why no, it's taking sure. so long. Come on. Uh, and then also from PlayStation Lifestyle, Sony prefers securing deals from new IPs rather than studio acquisitions to keep things fresh, says Herman Holt. So this is following on, you know, discussion we had last week about sort of guessing Sony's plans and what they prefer to do. But now PlayStation Studios boss Herman Holt says said that Sony prefers striking external partnerships for new IPs as opposed to going on studio shopping sprees in order to keep things fresh. Speaking of Eurogamer, Hulse said that PlayStation Studios is growing and the team is, quote, always on the lookout for incredible new experiences, end quote, regardless of the genre and size of studio. Sony's primary focus is on seeking talent and empowering developers to create with constraints by offering them the same services and facilities available to its own first-party studios. Quote, if I come across a core group of people that are building a new outfit that have gained incredible experience and matured as creatives and you take the shackles off, and give them a white sheet of paper. It's just fascinating to see what they're going to do with it. End quote. While Sony has only recently begun announcing a string of external partnerships, the company has been working with these partners behind the scenes for quite some time. That's the case with Deviation Games, at least, who revealed that it had been developing its new AAA PlayStation 5 game for over a year. So, yeah, I mean, that's just all in line with what we discussed last week, but it's just interesting to hear Herman Holst, of course, sort of say what we are theorizing and that Sony's plan seems to be uh it's almost like it's it's sort of I'll see more about it. It's because back in the day Sony used to pay a bunch of money or or uh, Xbox of course they used to pay a bunch of money to get third party exclusive stuff a lot more than they do mm-hmm. these days. You know what I mean? Like it was either third party games exclusive for a period of time, third party games with exclusive DLC Third-party games, exclusive marketing deals, like all of this yeah. sort of stuff, and you all see the Call of Duty stuff. Yeah, you see a lot less of that now, a lot less than you you're used to. Because um, even like if Xbox has something, their whole thing is they have it in their show, they have it in their showcase. They say it's coming to Game Pass, and like figure that Psychonauts too. That's coming to PlayStation. But do you th- imagine if you what? If, yeah, <laughs> if you think Psychonauts too, you go Xbox. And that's because of the yeah. whole, the way Xbox has been marketing it and all this sort of stuff. And of course they own Double Fine now, so that helps. But yeah. but still, like, there's there's a few other these third-party games that I feel like have done a similar thing. But it's not like they're paying for the, the marketing stuff. It's just about the whole, the way they're going about bringing it to Game Pass and stuff. Sony's plan now seems to be um, getting these studios fresh. So it's not buying a game that's already in the works. As Herman Hulse says there, and as we were discussing last week, 
It is finding these studios, all these people like Kojima, like Deviation Studios, like whoever else that we don't know about, who are about to start a fresh project or want to start a fresh project, giving them the tools and the place to go crazy and do whatever the hell they want without restrictions, it seems. And then it's not they own it, but it seems that it's PlayStation exclusive at least for a a time. Extended period. Extended period. Like Death Stranding came to PC, of course. Um, And I really still don't think that that even counts as, you know, these days with Sony bringing stuff to PC, I don't even think that counts as a loss in their book or whatever. It's like, then keep it off Xbox, at least for the first year, because that first year is the most important time. Then, yeah, I I think that's what their game is, which is interesting because it's it's neither paying money for... It's it's actually scarier than waiting for a third-party studio to have been working on something and then scooping in and spending a bunch of money on exclusivity rights because you're literally doing it this way and the way he Holst is talking about it. And if you think about Kojima, like think about what they did with Kojima. Here's a bunch of money. Here's like access to our... Um, the our game engine owned by Gorilla. Here's access to mocap studios we own. Here's access to who's people you can talk to and ask questions about whatever. What are you making? Oh, it's a game where you deliver packages. You walk. You know what I mean? Like it just seems when you boil it down and what they let him do, <laughs> just seems like the the they so risky, but it it panned out, of course. So I don't know. We shall we shall see if it works out for deviation studios whenever we find out what the hell yep that is and whatever the hell else is going i mean it makes sense because you know sometimes studios like have a decline and now if playstation had bought them then they'd be stuck with them that's true especially those last what they closed a couple three or four studios in the last generation so it's like kind of risk management more than anything else microsoft is buying them saying he's just (laughs) killing them we're gonna have five studios left yeah. naughty dog naughty dog b naughty dog c <laughs> insomnia insomnia yes <laughs> vr for the players all right let's talk a little bit about playstation vr so the next playstation vr headset is a little ways off according to a new bloomberg report sony is planning to launch its next generation vr headset psvr2 sometime over the holiday period next year the report, which isn't actually about the PSVR specifically, also revealed that the headset will be using OLED panels. This is the same type of panel used in the original PSVR, but more and more manufacturers are moving to LCD instead. While lacking the color accuracy of OLED, LCD panels are cheaper and offer better picture quality at a higher refresh rate, something essential for VR headsets. PSVR owners often complained about smearing artifacts when viewing black or near-black screens. Sony did not say when we can expect a new PSVR to go on sale when it unveiled the headset earlier this year. The platform holder offered an early look at its controllers, but not the headset itself. Although many crucial details are yet to be confirmed, reports suggest that the PSVR 2 will feature a 4K panel and make use of forvited... I don't even know what that means. Forvited rendering, whatever that is. VR headset is also said to support inside-out tracking, which allows to track the controls without external sensors. Here's my, th- my um, because I kept saying that I thought the PSVR headset 2 was going to come out early, or I kept hoping it would come out like the first quarter of next next year, but he- I'm going to, 
I'm going to say that it could have, and maybe they. I'm I'm putting For this sure. on COVID. Oh <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. Because anything when it comes down to to tech parts these days, surely that's a you know, COVID, 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 COVID. You know, so like delays and parts, delays and parts, delays and parts. You know, all this sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, OLED OLED panels doesn't surprise me. Sony has had a love. I guess for OLED, like ever since the Vita to a degree, like they'll have a good OLED screen and you know, I love a good Fantastic. OLED screen, but also the complaints about the, the complaints mentioned there are correct, I guess, but, but well, maybe they'll be better. Maybe they find a way to fix it. It's fine. I don't really know. So yeah. How would you feel about PSVR 2 holiday 2022? Does it sound like a thing that you could see yourself taking part in? It sounds realistic. Realistic. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess, again, it comes down to price point because obviously, what, the Oculus Quest will be two, three years old at that point? Uh, the Oculus Quest, Quest 2? 2 will be, what, next year? It'll be like three, yeah, three, four when it come out. Yeah. yeah. And there's potential for a Quest 3 to come out before oh. or potentially at the, around the same time. So, uh, if it's around the same price, that might be an issue like for VR people, whether they put the money into PSVR or whether they just stick with the Quest ecosystem. Uh, My question is when this. When it's a standalone device, you know? If we're saying that VR2 is Sony's holiday 2022 plan, do you reckon that means that uh, when it comes to like PS5, like big PS5 games, you, you don't try and release them around that holiday period as well. Do you reckon that affects? You know what I mean? Like you don't want to release like a big like Horizon Zero think, Dawn well, Two or whatever at the same time. Or- they don't usually release things around big titles around that time anyway. No, the latest they release a first party game usually, I want to say September, October at the very latest. Uh, so if you were to release something up PSVR, say November, um, you'd be pretty safe from all the other usual big Sony IPs dropping a bit earlier. Uh, I guess the question would, would be what's going to be the flagship PSVR title to la- la- launch with it? Is it just going to be another <laughs> another Astro one? <laughs> another playroom? If it's a proper Astrobot sequel and not like a free yeah. tie-in, then yeah, fuck you. Yeah. You don't think that would be a big enough, like a, an actual rescue mission? Oh yeah, too? that would be big. That would be reasonably big enough. I don't. I think they'd probably want to have a one-two punch though. Yeah. I'm sure I've got people working on stuff, and I, I and I do think the reason we've seen the controllers, even though the console is supposedly over a year away. Is that I just think the I think that they sent the headsets out, or the I think they sent the dev units out with the controllers and stuff, mm. and like obviously the dev headset isn't going to look anything like the uh, retail unit, but the controllers probably look something like how they would. Plus, if any of that stuff leaked, it would have been revealing like. Yeah, it can track them. You know, sensors on the headset. Like I think they were just getting ahead of. Potential leaks, especially if they put a bunch through to get manufactured or whatever to send to devs yeah. and stuff like that. So, like, and and that was from what 
three, four months ago, I think we talked about the controllers. Like it was towards the was it the start of this year? So. Was it the end of last year? It was a while ago. So it was a while ago. Yeah. Like if you think about that, um, so if you think that they're sending that out to third party developers at that stage, and presume that maybe first party developers who care about VR or they had on VR already had access to this stuff. And this was them sending them out to third-party developers. That means third-party developers will have it for nearly two years before the release of the headset. So that's a lot of time to even make stuff or port stuff or, you know what I mean? Like It's a big, yeah. big, big time period. So hopefully it has a library. Yeah. <laughs> My guess would be the blood and truth follow-up would be the big... Big launch title. I'll tell you what. If if they can have two games, and it, the, in, in a perfect world, it would be like a Blood and Truth 2 or whatever, plus a Rescue Mission yeah, 2. Yeah. I think just those two, plus some third-party port support. Plus whatever ports you can get over from Oculus or whatever that the, you couldn't get um, before. Yes. Then I think that's a good plus launch. a new Beats, uh, Beat Saber HD or whatever. Yeah, it's and yeah, it's like as long as Beat Saber's available and all these other ones that you own, maybe there's a patch to make them look prettier. Or like a starter pack with all the DLC. Yeah, but it's like so. Picture this now: for for a game like Mm. Beat Saber, you know, all it needs is either a free update or no. Really, I hope it is because it'd be shit if it wasn't. But it's like free up PS5 upgrade. PS5 update. It adds. So if they're saying the controllers have haptics. Beat Saber haptics, 3D audio, because now it has different, it has better uh, 3D audio than the, the first PS3 I had. So it's just like mm. we've updated the audio. You've got haptics in your controllers now. Uh, it, of course, it's been, it's had to have gone through some port to work with the new controllers and the new headset, of course, and all that. But mm-hmm. also, it's just like here's some free up stuff. Then here's two new games. Here's a bunch of other stuff that's been ported over. You can play all of the original PSVR games with backwards compatibility on the headset anyway. To me, to me, that sounds like a good launch. I feel like that's a launch that I'd be like, yeah, I'll, I'll spend money. I'm fine with that. Would you? Dragon, if, if that was a launch today, if you knew that was, if you knew that launch was coming this holiday season, would you say yes or no? What with Beat Saber? Updated Beat Saber, Blood and Drift 2, and Astrobot Rescue Mission 2. Plus a bunch of other ports. what we know about the PSVR. Yeah, and all you can play uh, all yeah. your old PSVR games on it as well. Yes, the, my old one would be on eBay so fast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, f- I feel like that's, that's really all it is. It doesn't need, like... Because often when we talk about, I guess, normal console launches, it's always like you feel you need, like, four or five really good games for it to be a good launch. But... Honestly, I do feel like for the VR, for VR2, it just needs two. It just needs two good games plus yeah. supports and, then and all updates. the back catalog needs to be able to be Playable. updated. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many of those games, you're like, this would be great if I wasn't using PSP, yeah. PS Move yeah. controllers. If it didn't run like shit and it wasn't using Move controllers. Yeah. Exactly. It's like when I... um. Because obviously I played Vader on Quest, mm. and then I think about playing that with move controllers, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, 
No, because there's just so many little things you could do with the, the, the ability to use, like, even a couple fingers and, like, just the mm. better tracking and stuff like that. So, yeah, I don't know. Anyway. Um, we'll find out soon because, like, if they are going to release it in 2022, we could be under 12 months away from a reveal at this point, you know, like. Yeah. They could reveal it. Countdown. They could reveal it. If they, if they, all these rumors, I didn't really bring it up because it's not really a news story, but you see all these rumors kicking around about a potential PSX coming back this year or uh, stuff like mm. that or a digital PSX or something. I mean, if any of that tra- turned out to be true, they could announce PSVR 2 towards the end of the year. And like, I, I don't mean like show off the whole catalog or anything, but just be like, you know, it's a thing. Here's what it looks like, I guess. Show a teaser trailer for Rescue Mission 2. That's yeah. all I'd need at that point, you know? And then over the next six months, you could slowly trickle out more details. Well, drop a price point around E3 next year. Not at E3, because they won't be there, but... No, it, around that's E3. if it's even a thing next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. I'll do it for this week's episode. A Platinum Explosion. Let us, any, let us know any comments, questions, concerns you've had about anything we've talked about. Is Blue Box Game Studios a real... Studio, <laughs> is there is Silent Hills a game? I don't know. Uh, you can do that either tweet at us, explosionhub.com slash Twitter will take you to all our Twitter, explosionhub.com slash Discord will take you to our Discord. And if you like this episode and thought it was worth a dollar and you'd like to support us with monetary values, as little as a dollar can buy us a coffee, head on over to explosionhub.com slash support us to a link to our coffee page, buy a t-shirt through there, all sorts of things. Until next week, remember, every trophy counts. Hey, don't forget you can subscribe to the show wherever you're currently listening and you can drop a review if you can. Find more great shows like this and more content over at ExplosionNetwork.com and please consider supporting us for as little as a dollar over on our Ko-fi page by heading to ExplosionNetwork.com slash support. Thanks for listening.